Two KG Sports Minds have created a podcast to answer one very important question. What's the spread? Now here are your hosts, Brad Thomas and Miles Markowitz. Welcome in What's the Spread, episode 101. Brad, we failed to mention that last week we were celebrating our 100th episode <laughs> on the podcast. You know, it's kind of like that guy at work who just sits at his desk when it's his birthday and someone else has to say it. He doesn't say anything. We just That's say, what we were doing. Yeah, we literally, guys, we expect everybody else someone to say something? sound the balloons. Happy 101. I plan on uh, having some kind of 100th episode celebration in the off season. Yes. We can figure something out. Yes. Uh, do some top 10 lists, things like that. But right now, it's all about the business. It's all about making the money. Let's go ahead and recap last week. Uh, we're both coming in at 3-5 and five, uh, overall last week, so not the best, uh, but we did make some big money on some big games. Yeah, we did. Uh, Auburn LSU. LSU wins the game 23-20. That I would consider... Uh, a game where LSU never really had the cover uh, in hand. I mean, Auburn it was, was crazy because every chance, every time you you thought They're LSU gonna was going to cover, Auburn's right back. And, and Auburn's offense couldn't it really couldn't do anything. No, uh, their defense really kept them in that game. Joe Burrow looks human. Yeah, so that so that's a loss for both of us. Uh, Notre Dame Michigan was a pick em. Michigan destroys Notre Dame forty five fourteen. So that was a win for me, loss for you. One I'm really ashamed uh, ashamed about. Wisconsin-Ohio State. Ohio State, 14-point favorites. You know, I I went against my own advice here. Ohio State wins the game 38-7. to They cover the 14. Lost for both of us. First time I've ever picked against Ohio State on the podcast. Never jump off a cover train. No, right. Like, what were we thinking? And that's exactly what we did. First, a team who's coming off a loss to Illinois. Yeah, absolutely. So, Ohio State really asserting their dominance there. And then, finally, another disappointment. Texas-TCU. Pick them. TCU not only wins the game. They win the game 37-27 and... Never had a doubt. Texas was outplayed. Texas was outplayed. They're, I don't know. I don't know if it's Sam Ellinger's fault for not being able to pull the trigger or the receivers for dropping so many passes, but they were outplayed, outcoached, outmatched. So that was a loss for both of us. There is a, and this is going to be of no surprise to anybody, but there is still a defensive problem in the Big 12. Yes. And it's proven by Texas again this year, even with all their injuries on defense, still yep. atrocious. And then the loss that Oklahoma had last week to Kansas State. Absolutely. I mean, that is what's keeping them out of the big picture. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go over into the NFL. Panthers 49ers. We'll get this one out of the way. 49ers, five and a half point favorites. They win the game 51 to 13 like it was a college ass whipping. <laughs> Lost for both of us. Let's just pretend like it never happened. Um, let's go on to the good. Eagles, Bills. Uh, Bills were one-point favorites at home. We were all over the Eagles here. Called the Bills pretenders yes, last episode. absolutely. Eagles, very talented team, desperate for a win. They come out and win the game 31-13. Another win for both of us here. Packers minus five at the Chiefs. 31-24 victory. Moore actually looked pretty good in that game. Yeah. Got to give him credit. And then finally, the Monday night laugher, Dolphins-Steelers. Dolphins go up 14-0. They were 14.5-point underdogs. Steelers still almost cover. 27-14, they win the game. That was a win for you and a loss for me there. So now moving on to uh, this weekend in college football. Better and brighter week. How about college game day, Brad? SMU and Memphis, Headed the American Conference, getting a showcase two years in a row. It was right here in Orlando last uh, year. Now we get number 15 SMU, number 24 Memphis. Memphis, six-point favorites at home. This is a good game. Um... Interesting because I can see a, a lot of different things happening here. Both teams are very good. Both teams are very good at covering. Uh, if you think about SMU one and five against the spread in their last six games or uh, teams with a winning record, but then you have Memphis on the season who's five and three against the spread. You have two great offenses. I think um, uh, SMU somewhere like forty three points per game. Memphis at thirty nine. I'm gonna go with SMU in the points here. 
Uh, the only reason I'm taking the points is because I could actually see it become a game where SMU takes the lead early, and it's one of those. It needs a, a Memphis come come from behind win. I do think Memphis is the better team. They're playing better offensively, playing better defensively. I would have thought, and, and I had to look at this game two or three times uh, this week to, to to find and see the spread. I thought SMU was still going to be the favorite here, so I, I'm also yeah. going with SMU with the points. You're giving me six points here yep. uh, in a big game. Uh, There's going to be a lot of emotions. Here's the thing. Memphis defense allowed 584 total yards last week and a 42-41 win against Tulsa. Tulsa is one of the worst teams in the conference. SMU averaging over 300 yards passing and 200 yards rushing per game. As you said, two really good offenses, but it's the Memphis defense that scares me. But also, for all you backers out there, keep in mind, SMU looked horrid in a, I think it was a, Friday, Thursday night game versus Houston. Versus Houston, a, a last terrible week. Houston team, uh, an awful Houston team who's basically tanking the season away. Yep, and they were lucky to get out of there with a win. I, I totally so, agree. On whatever side you want to go on, uh, keep that in mind. But in a situation like that, I have no problem taking the points. My Not boy Shane Bouchelle is really uh, balling out there. There's going to be a game day effect, no doubt. Going to be a great crowd. Twenty there. TDs, seven interceptions, great stats for him. Right yeah, he's, there, he's, he's putting together a good season. But uh, both of us on SMU there. All right, what do we got next? Next we have. Woo, the world's largest cocktail party. We have Georgia versus number six, Florida. In Jacksonville, Georgia is a six-point favorite here. This is a battle for the East, Miles. Tell me who you are picking. All right, Georgia, six-point favorites. Uh, I'm going to back Georgia here. Surprise, surprise. I'm betting against Florida here. Uh, neutral site action. Last year wasn't even a contest. Both teams are very different. We were just talking about yes. this uh, before we recorded today. Kyle Trask is taking this Florida offense to another level. But I still think this is a huge opportunity for Kirby Smart and the Bulldogs, who were my national championship pick. This is a big opportunity for them to bounce back in a big way. They did the same thing last year after an early season loss to LSU. I think they're uh, it's time for them to find some rhythm on offense. I think their defense never left. Their they still defense have one ranks of the, top five. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Still one of the best defense in the league. So I'm going Bulldogs. I'm actually going to be on the other side of the tape here, Miles. There's a couple reasons why. Georgia is missing those receiver those receivers. You think about Hardman, you think about um, Godwin, you think about the one who got suspended. Fromm is not in good form. Only nine touchdowns, three interceptions, but it's not like he's getting a bunch of production from DeAndre Swift either. This team really good at neutral site games. One in seven against the spread in their last eight neutral site games. But this season, in their last six games, they are two and four against the spread. Two and four, which means they covered the first game, and then two and four for the rest of rest of the time. On the other hand, you have a good team in Florida here. They're playing good defense. They're not top five, but they're just outside the top 10, only allowing 15.8 points per game. Kyle Trask is playing phenomenal. With numbers like these, you would think that he's been playing all season. He he has literally less than 20 yards less than from. He has five more touchdowns and only one more interception. He's not completing the same percentage, but I am all over Florida on this game. I like six points. I, I I would be afraid of a late pull-away victory, like kind of what happened in the LSU-Florida game. But give me six. Let's have a close, good slobber knocker. Well, that's probably the, the question, right? Because with LSU, they they did compete for yeah. about two and a half quarters. They w- went toe-to-toe. Uh, and then you look at the Auburn game, who Auburn has looked really good in all of their games this year and really had no answer for Florida. You know, I, I, it's funny that you mentioned DeAndre Swift. That's been the biggest surprise for me yes. for Georgia. You know, I, I knew who Jake Fromm was going into the season. I did think he was going to take a step forward. Never happened. Uh, but the lack of production from the running game ha- has has really cost them. Look for a defensive battle here. I don't think we'll, we'll get another, what was it, 36-17 last year. I yeah. think it'll be much lower scoring. 
I, I, I could even see like a, you know, 21 set 17 game, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but all right, we are on opposite sides of the coin there. Uh, let's go over to the West Coast, Oregon and USC. Oregon, four and a half point favorites on the road at the Coliseum. I'll go ahead and start here. Oregon has one loss, right? They, they, they've won every game since losing to Auburn in the opening. If they do finish 12 and one in the Pac-12 champion, they will have a legitimate shot at the playoff. However, I think that they are due to trip up at some point in this season. I'm not saying that USC is going to win this game, but let's look at USC's conference games at home this year. 45 to 20 win over Stanford. 30-23 win over Utah, and Utah looks unbeatable right now on, on the defensive side of the ball, and a 41-14 victory over Arizona. That's 3-0 against the spread at home. I'm taking the Trojans here, plus 4.5, with a completely revitalized offense and looking for them to challenge Oregon. Oh my God. You know, this whole time, I, I was like, am I overthinking this game? Why would I go against USC in this spot? You're getting 4.5 points. Versus a team who's 3-0 in their, in their conference games against the spread at home. Also, just think about historically Oregon on the road. 6-13-1 against their spread in their last 20 games. Oregon has struggled to cover against tough opponents this season. Even think about Washington State. Herbert was held without a touchdown against the Washington State defense. Yeah. I, I, I know that, the running back was... ran for over 250 yards, but still. Being held without a touchdown under 300 yards... I am really liking uh, USC in this spot here. Um, I'm undefeated at home is almost enough for me to... They, they look like two different teams. Uh, Slavis is playing pretty solid. 13 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. And all most of his interceptions came on the road. Last week, yes, don't throw the Colorado game out of the window. Um, because USC is sitting at home and they're ready to upset, if not keep it competitive, with Oregon. Yeah, I think this game is ripe for an upset. And again, you know, Oregon, as as good as they are, I do think they are the class of the conference. Yep, uh, I absolutely. don't think that they're that 12-1 and team that will have a shot at the playoff. So I think they're due to trip up at some point. And this is one of those this is a great scenarios. spot to take it. They are definitely alive And underdog. take the points. I mean, yeah. it's four and a half points. It's, you know, it's, it's very uh, rare that USC is not favored at home. Obviously, this is a spot where they wouldn't be. Uh, it is a North versus or a North-South interdivisional game, so we don't get this too often. Uh, but liking the Trojans. Dude, I so I totally thought you were going to be like, Brad, you're crazy for not taking Oregon. Yeah. But I was like, this is a great spot to take USC. Yeah. This is one of those games that people will look back on the uh, Oregon players, Oregon backers will look back in the season. They're not going to think about the Auburn game. They're going to think about this USC game and how they performed in this one. And I think USC has a great chance to trip them up. All right, let's go ahead and follow it up with uh, one where I was kind of... Uh, Combing through the games on Saturday, and I saw this uh, interesting matchup uh, in the ACC Coastal. Virginia and North Carolina. North Carolina, one and a half point favorites. Before we begin, let's check in on the ACC Coastal standings. Oh my god. This division is, you could argue, it's either the most boring division in NCAA (laughs) or it's the most exciting division in college football. Virginia and UNC, this is a battle for number one in the ACC Coastal, and they're sitting with a 3-2 and two conference record. Then you've got Pitt and Virginia Tech with 2-2 two and two conference records, Duke at 2-3, and three, and even Georgia Tech at 1-3, still with the shot to take Crazy. the division crown. And we have to th- believe that whoever wins this gets their shot at Clemson. Uh, having that said, I'm going to stick with Virginia. They were my pick to win the ACC Coastal before the year began, so I'm going to uh, stick with them here uh, to win a big division game 
uh, behind Bryce Perkins. Bryce Perkins injured last weekend for, yes. I think, a series or so. I yeah. think he's, he's going to be healthy. But. A part of that was a uh, reason why he looked so bad against Louisville was him getting injured. But I'm yeah. actually going to be on the other side of the coin. And oh, a lot taking of taking Mac Brown. I'm taking Mac Brown. Mac Brown this weekend became the winniest coach in UNC history. I am going to back the freshman who leads the ACC in passing. You heard that right. Leads the ACC in passing, Sam Howell. You look on tape. You throw the this numbers out of the window for this game because points for, points against, home record, away record, everything favors Virginia. But I just think this is going to be one of those statement wins. All the all, Everything's behind you now, Mac Jones. You're going to build on that win from last week. Make that one win streak become two. I really like one and a half. If, I don't know if Virginia can output enough on offense. Because UNC has shown you time and time again that if they're out of the game, they can score enough points to keep you in the game. And I don't think Virginia's a really a strong pull-away team here. And that's really my backing is just on how the game's going to be played. Well, I don't think either of these teams are, would be considered pull-away teams. No, which I just is why think I that think UNC's a good enough team to catch up. Sure. That's what I mean. Yeah, and I, I think that the one-and-a-half-point spread definitely shows that. Yep. Uh, great work. Uh, those are four fun games. Yes. Uh, kind of, it, it, it's a little bit of a quiet weekend in college football. When I saw the slate, I was like, oh man, we already, I could already tell what games we were going to pick. Oh, exciting. All right. So let's head on over into the NFL. Let's start with Sunday night football. The New England Patriots, four point favorites on the road at the Baltimore Ravens, Brad. Okay. So I am going to say this. First of all, the Patriots have only allowed seven and about a half points per game. Their defense is stifling. I was like, man, I, I was like, this is the chance for them to, to falter. We're going to have Lamar Jackson go out there and dominate the Patriots. And then I, like any great sports better did, I did some serious research. I'm going to, I'm sorry, I'm going to, if any of these are your trends, because they all have to be said at once. But I'm going to say go all ahead. of these trends all at once. The Baltimore Ravens are 1-5 against the spread in their last six games overall. The Ravens are 1-6 against the spread in their last seven games after accumulating more than 150 rushing yards in their previous game. I wasn't going to include that one because it sounds like a garbage trend, <laughs> but there's more. It's still, still, okay, go, go ahead. The Ravens are 1-6 against the spread in their uh -huh. last seven games on turf. The Ravens are 0-6 against the spread in their last six home games. The Ravens are 0-4 in their last four game home games versus teams with a winning record. And last but not least, and probably the most important, the Ravens are 0-4 against the spread in their last four against the AFC. Oh my! No way! I'm taking. You said, Brad. You all you Patriot haters and non-backers all season have said this is a chance for the Patriots to slip up. Well, they said they haven't played anybody. The defense is legit. I am taking the Patriots at minus four. After hearing those trends, I'm so happy that I didn't pick the Ravens. <laughs> the Ravens seem like the sexy pick here, right? Because they do. Everyone just wants to see the Patriots go down, but here are the facts. The facts are that the Patriots may have the greatest defense in NFL history. Yes. I mean, that's what it's looking right now. Now, the 49ers are giving them a run for their money, ironically enough, in the same season. Yeah. But this is another situation where go... I, I, okay. So, people may be looking at the Ravens game uh, against the Seahawks, right? And yeah. It was an impressive win, 30-16. But keep in mind, there were some plays in that game that had nothing to do with Lamar Jackson yes. and the Ravens offense. So, Lamar Jackson, one touchdown pass in his last three games, by the way. Don't like that. Uh, the one trend I do uh, really enjoy is Ravens 0-6 against the spread in their last six at home. And the Patriots are leading the league with 25 forced turnovers. Now, My God. the Ravens are doing a good job of not giving the ball away. But when, you, when you've when you got a defense like this, 
that the Patriots are literally winning games on them forcing turnovers. Yes. They didn't even need Tom Brady last weekend. Yes. I'm taking the Patriots minus four. So I, I heard something, um, and it's not even, the statement wasn't pertaining to this game, but it really got me excited and comfortable about t- in backing the Patriots. Belichick and Belichick's staff, Belichick trained coaches, play a lot of man-to-man. They You, you, they, you see they, a lot of eight-in-the-box defensive fronts, and they rely on man coverage. They have some of the best corners, if not the best corner in the entire NFL. They are going to force Lamar Jackson to throw the ball downfield, and you know what this Patriots team does when you want to force something and throw the ball downfield. They intercept it, Turnovers. and they take it to the house. Yeah. I see that happening in this game as well. Absolutely. You know, in, in, in Sunday night, we'll, we'll see how Baltimore responds to that. Uh, but come on, man. Taking the pats. Yes. And it's not that big of a spread here. All right. What we got next? Next up on the docket, we have the Dallas Cowboys traveling to the New York Giants. Monday night football game. The Cowboys are a seven-point favorite. I want to start this off here. Guys, don't think everything's so sweet with... Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes. I'm taking the I'm taking the Cowboys here. Cowboys are seven and zero, and I mean, excuse me, the Cowboys are seven and zero straight up and against the spread in their last seven versus the NFC East. I like the Cowboys here. I know their four and three records not really impressive, but think about the 27 points that they score per game in comparison to what like uh, 18 or 19 points per game for the for the Giants. Uh, also, did you know the Cowboys are number one in the NFL in total yards per game? Yeah, I that just slipped by me because you would see with the four and three record, you wouldn't expect that. But here's the thing: the Cowboys team that we saw last Sunday, I believe that is the real Cowboys team. Now. You, you can say you got to play through your injuries and you got to, I get it, but they were decimated on the offensive line. Yes. Uh, weren't healthy on defense, had some players suspended. This is a full strength Cowboys team, seven point favorites on the road. I'm also taking the boys. Love the fact that they're seven and zero against the spread in their last seven division games. Yes. Got to respect that. And opposing quarterbacks against the Giants defense are completing better than 70% of their passes. I think Dak's going to have a field day. I'm so glad you said that Dak's completing over 70% of his what? passes yes. already. It's such a beautiful spot right there. When you really think, I mean, I don't want the, uh, you know, uh, stipulation on Dak to be that he can't throw the ball anymore because he's proven that he can't. Yes. He's becoming one of the most accurate passers in the league. I want to see how, can we, okay, if Daniel Jones does not get his uh, passing completion numbers up this season, let's ignore the Danny Dimes. He's completing less than 63% of his passes, only 10 touchdowns, seven interceptions. I know he's a rookie. I know the offensive line is not amazing. I know his his weapons have been hurt. I see a great spot for Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, and Ezekiel Elliott to eat all weekend. Well, actually, all Monday <laughs> versus the Giants. All Monday night. All right, two for two. Let's move on. We have the Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars from Wembley Stadium overseas. The Texans are two-point favorites. I'll go ahead and start here. Hit me. I've been backing the Texans all year. As you know, a possible Super Bowl contender, I've been on the Deshaun Watson train. I've also, I think, I've picked the Texans uh, two or three times on this podcast this year. However, losing JJ Watt hurts. I'm going to go ahead and not just because they lost JJ Watt, but also because they've been so damn unpredictable against the spread. I'm taking the Jags here. Gardner Minshew three and one against the spread in his last four starts. Now with Texas not having JJ Watt, I think that that fifth ranked rushing offense for the Jaguars. 
averaging 136.5 yards per game, can actually beat up on that Texans run defense, which have also been impressive. But And also the fact that the, the Jags are playing a uh, makeshift home game here. Yes. I'm going with Jacksonville. What is it? He's like... Uh... Five straight games with a, with over 100 yards from scrimmage for Leonard Fournette. And when he got the three, it was the first time he's done that in his career. A spot I really like here, I mean, a statement I really like about this is Deshaun Watson, you think about all the Herculean uh, performances he's had, even the one where he got kicked in the face and threw the ball. The reason he was in that position was because their offensive line is so bad. I don't think Darius is going to be playing for the Jags, but I still think they're going to get enough pressure to, to really make him struggle. Something else. A lot of people don't know this. The Jags have won their last two games by double digits. Yes. Th- that was a, a stat that I saw that surprised me. I mean, and, and speaking of, they're on a hot streak, and this is such a big division game. They're playing for their season here. Gardner Minshew, okay, so one thing about Gardner Minshew, the stats lie. The stats lie if you just straight up look at his 62% completion rate. Gardner Minshew doesn't turn the ball over. He's one of those guys who goes for a lot of home run balls. So he still, but even with the 62%, still has 13 throwing touchdowns, two interceptions. I'm really liking it. I think Leonard Fournette has finally come into his own. He's finally, he, when he, he, what he really did was he leaned down. And I think that was the biggest thing that he needed to lean down, get his footing underneath him. I mean, Jackson, 5-0 and gets to spread in their last, what, five games against the AFC? I'll take it, man. Yeah, taking the Jags. And uh, now, uh, you know, the way that the division is shaping up, I mean, Brad, I think any four of these teams could win this division. I do too. All right. Three for three. Can we make it four for four? Let's go and end it with the Green Bay Packers at Los Angeles Chargers. This is the late afternoon game on Sunday. The Packers are four-point favorites here on the road. I'll go ahead and start. I'm taking the Packers. Taking the Packers. I I mean, straight up, I'm taking the Packers. Again, on the road as four-point favorites. I don't care. Aaron Rodgers may be playing the best football of his career, and that's saying a lot for one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I mean, this Packers team just feels different. And the way that... Aaron Jones is not is not only racking up yards on the ground, but through, through the, the air. air. Yes. Are you kidding One, me? One-two punch, him he and Jamal Williams? He doesn't even have Williams? Devontae Adams. No. And they're destroying and they're destroying defenses. I mean, no one can figure out Aaron Rodgers. And whoever uh, doubted this LaFleur connection with Rodgers, I was one of them. Yeah, same. It, Facts. It, it seems to be working just fine. I think they're fine in their rhythm. And they seem to have this relationship where they can jab at each other a little bit, and they can challenge each other, and it's working. Dude, it's beautiful. Aaron Rodgers... My God, 2,300 yards, only two interceptions. But listen to Mr. Jones. Aaron Jones has eight touchdowns on the ground, 11 total. Have yourself. Wow. A season. But they're not even talking about the ones, the touchdowns that were have been stolen by Jamal Williams. This is a great team. Not good. Great. What are they, 7-1 on the year? Averaging 26, 27 points per game? Green Bay 4-0 against the spread in their last four road games, 6-2 against the spread in their last eight games overall. You know, um, I, I saw somebody on the flip side say, well, the Chargers, they they held the Bears to three field goals, one touch. The Bears! Bears. The and Bears! Chatrasky. Tr- he's not even Trubisky. His name's Chatrasky now. <laughs> he's so bad. <laughs> I mean, the, it, it, we're getting to a point where, as you just did, we're having to make up words yes. to express how bad yes. Mitchell Trubisky is. It, it, I want to say one thing that I've learned about the NFL. Games don't carry over week to week. Games really carry over from team to team. If your team as a unit is playing great football and you're going up against another team that is playing great football, 
Yes, then I'm worried in a spot on the road. But if your team of unit is playing great football versus a team who's struggling as a unit, I can really care who's home and really care who's who's away. And uh, the last thing I'll say about the Packers is their defense. I don't. I don't think their defense is as good as the numbers suggest. I don't think that Matt Moore should have been able to do what he did last week. That was just great game plan by Andy Reid. However, I think that their defense is improved enough to complement this surging offense so well. And now we're at a point where I think the Packers have to be in the Super Bowl talk. You Super know Bowl what I was just talk. thinking about? This just really just blew, uh, just came to my mind. You know who uh, the Chargers are reminding me of with phenomenal defense and subpar offense? The Jacksonville Jaguars from last year. Yeah, They're the new Jags. Yeah, and uh, I didn't even notice that they fired their offensive coordinator. Yes. So even though they won the game last weekend, still, see ya. Uh, see you later. All right, well, hey, 4 for 4 in the NFL. May the betting gods be shining down upon us. Maybe we'll come away with a 4 and oh Let's go. Weekend. After my 3 and 1 NFL weekend yes. last week, I am full of confidence. Momentum. Let's get it. All right, let's go ahead and head over to my favorite section this year. Uh, oh, God. Where you actually gained some ground. <laughs> yes, I'm climbing back. I'm only down by, what, half a year? <laughs> <laughs> All right, the dog section where we are going to give you our best upset picks of the weekend in college football. I'm sitting at the top with 41 points. Brad, you got 20 points. Let's go ahead and recap our upset picks last week. Uh, I had Western Kentucky plus five over Marshall. Marshall wins the game 26-23, but I get a point for the cover. And I had Eastern Michigan plus four over Toledo. Toledo wins 37-34, another point for the cover. Both of us had Utah State over Air Force. How about the Falcons? Wow. I think both of us picked Utah State to win the Mountain West, right? Yeah. That's not looking so hot. Air Force comes out, wins the game 31-7, so that was a loss for both of us. Over to your wins, you had Tulane plus 3.5 over Navy. Navy wins the game 41-38, but you get a point for the cover. And Miami plus 5.5 over Pittsburgh. Miami gets the straight-up win 16-12, so that was three points for you there. All right, your picks for Saturday. I'm going to call it like I see it with my glasses on. I'm going to the college game day game, SMU, plus 6, over Memphis to take the win. Like I said... Like you said, actually, you said it. The wrong team could be favored here. I wouldn't be surprised if it was wins, but to get six points and a win, I'm taking SMU. My second, I'm going to continue the Miami train. The game that I will be at, Miami three and a half over Florida State. I'm easily taking that. And last but certainly not least, Syracuse can't stop the run to save their lives. I'm going Boston College three and a half point underdog versus Syracuse. All right, good picks there. Uh, we have different picks this week. I'm going to go ahead and start with Les Miles and the Kansas Jayhawks, plus five and a half over Kansas State. What a prime, prime spot for a letdown for Kansas State. Oh, man. That big win yeah. against Oklahoma. That has letdown written all how over about it. it. Kansas, how about it? Do you see the way that the Kansas game ended last Dude. weekend? With the field goal, they they had a couple chances there, and, and they ended up, I mean, the, Les Miles has these kids believing. Yes, see, that's what I was going to say. Les Miles has he's changed the program. He already, changed, really, he already yes, has, really. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, which is pretty cool. So it'll, it'll, it'll be fun to see how far he can take them. Uh, I got Georgia Tech plus 7.5 over Pittsburgh. Speaking of the ACC Coastal, how about another upset? I was thinking about that game, but <laughs> And <no. laughs> uh, finally, I'm going to go ahead and go with Colorado, plus 6.5 over UCLA after their really impressive performance against USC last weekend. Let me talk about the UCLA game for, for one second for you sure i was gonna go in the exact same spot Uh and you are really probably right usc versus bad opponents has gotten destroyed us i mean uh, ucla UCLA. versus bad opponents have gotten destroyed Uh ucla versus ranked opponents somehow they're winning games (laughs) i have no idea how that's happening we'll just call it the chip kelly effect (laughs) yeah it's kind of crazy 
All right, so we have a very special time in college football here, Brad. Do you know what's happening next weekend? Of course you do. Yes, we are. We are releasing the first college football playoff rankings. The committee's first rankings. Very exciting time to be a college football fan, especially with... I'd say about six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I mean, we have like we have eleven legitimate yes. contenders for the playoff this year. Pretty cool. Let's go ahead and break it down. Let's 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 put ourselves in the shoes of the committee. Let let's go to the let's go to Grapevine, Texas. And, yes. Uh, who we would have in our top four if the playoff started today? Start off. Lay it on. Oh, oh, you want me? Yeah, oh, I want you to go first. Yeah, we're being way too polite. <laughs> All right. Number one, I'm going to go ahead with LSU. I think that there's. No reason to think that LSU hasn't shown themselves to be the number one team this season up to this point. You would think, well, what about Ohio State, Miles? What about the Buckeyes? Well, I got Ohio State number two. Don't worry. They're there. Three Heisman contenders, by the way. Justin Fields, J.K. Dobbins, and Chase Young. If Chase Young wins the Heisman, I will be good for the rest of my life. <laughs> That'll be it. That'll be the number, the number one achievement as a Buckeye fan. And sorry, I'm getting off topic. All right. LSU. Uh, I think that they easily have the two best wins of the season. Uh, well, more quality wins than anybody else, even though t- Texas doesn't look good. But at, at the time, on the road, that was a big game. Uh, big big win against Florida and a big win against Auburn. I mean, LSU is being tested, but they're winning. Uh, all right, I said Ohio State number two. With the eye test, I think Ohio State looks like the best team in the country. But LSU is playing in the better conference, and they have the better wins. Number three, got to go with Alabama. Alabama number three. The defense isn't up to the task this year. But the offense is so damn good, I think they, they can beat anybody in the country. And finally, I got to round it out with number four. I hate, hate to do it, but I got to put in the Clemson Tigers. They've looked much more improved over the past three or four weeks against inferior opponents. Yes, but it's still the undefeated defending champion of college football. So Clemson rounds out my top four. Go ahead and give me your top four, and then we'll go with our first two out. My number one team, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Why? What? Why? <laughs> You said the defense is not to the task. Sure. And they're not. Maybe three weeks ago. The last oh, two games. The last two games, the Alabama Crimson Tide defense has not only turned the ball over, humiliated their opponents, but they have scored touchdowns. One thing the Alabama Crimson Tide defense has been lacking for a season and a half. Number two, LSU. I did not want to put LSU number one. Reason being, to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. I, I, and and the committee is all about that. But Clemson is the champ, right? But Clemson's playing terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama's not playing terrible. They, I think right. they just beat their opponent forty-eight to seven. Okay. Number three, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, I just yeah. want to have a little uh, drama. I was waiting for it. Oh, I, I was trying to make this as much of a Brad selection as possible. Ohio State could easily, without unanimously be the most dominant, the best team in the country. But like you said, a lot of it has to do with the conference they're playing in, but they will have two opportunities this season to easily get to number one. And number four, I tried as hard as I possibly could to not put them in. And it's Clemson. I tried to put in Minnesota, try to put in Penn State, try to put in Florida, try to put in Georgia. I mean, but, and you know the committee's going to do the same exact thing. Yeah, They're not supposed to take into account past history. It's only supposed to be this year, but let's be real here. Yep. That's, that's always, that always comes into play because you get that respect. Um, you know, it, it, it comes to a point where it, we have the human element, right? Yes. And it's the reason why Ohio State got in the playoff in the first ever playoff, and they got in over... 
TCU and Baylor that year because they were the brand, because they were the Ohio State. That does play a factor, and it will in the committee's rankings. Yes. Clemson will be in the top four. Can I go ahead and say this? I'm going off topic for a little bit. I don't know if you know the answer because I don't, but it's, it's, it's phenomenal to think about. When is the last time a number one ranked team has been upended after winning the game by 40-plus points versus a conference opponent? That is what happened to the Alabama Crimson Tide. The only touchdown they let up was in garbage time. Crazy to think about. No one cares about the AP poll, honestly. It's all about these rankings for the college football playoff. Yeah, it's a different world that we live in here. And whether or not it's a perfect system, and it's not, I mean, neither was the BCS, it still gives us four teams instead of yes, two, which absolutely. is what we wanted. All right, let's go ahead and with our first two out here, uh, five and six, which for me was actually tougher than the top four. I'm going to go ahead and represent the Big Ten and put Penn State at number five. Uh, from the eye test, uh, they have looked like one of the best teams in the country. Really scary on defense. Moving the ball well on offense. Sean Clifford is really impressing in the passing game and a great coach in James Franklin. At number six, believe it or not, I'm going to back Kirby Smart and my boys. I'm putting Georgia at number six. I think they prove it this weekend that they are still one of the top teams. It could change after the Georgia-Florida game, honestly. Um, but And that's, that's, that's another respect factor. I think that Georgia has the kind of program right now that has the ability to bounce back after such a tough loss against a South Carolina team. I don't think that Florida is in that uh, same category. So putting Georgia at number six. I'm going to go with the number one first team out. You called it. I can't deny it. Penn State passes the eye test. Great defense. Ability to move the ball with Clifford. My second team out, I'm going to have to go with the Florida Gators because we're doing it. I did this at this moment. They have a better resume. Their only loss coming to your number one team, LSU, and... They have a win over Auburn, who will finish the season in the top 15, whether we like it or not, even with the, what would that be, their third loss uh, to Alabama at the end of the season. Um, But, fun fact, Miles, and I think this is shaping up to be the same thing, because one of these two teams in the SEC, Alabama or LSU, and I'm this is me saying this unbiased, one of them is a pretender. Out of LSU and Bama? Yes. They look beautiful. One of them is not as good as we think they are. You know what it reminds me of? Who is the first ever number one overall seed in the first college football playoff rankings? Oh, oh, the the, the first rankings or the first first rankings? It was. uh, You're probably not going to answer. Well, I I I remember it was Mississippi State. I was about to say it was Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Alabama were all up in the top four. Mississippi State was ranked number one at that moment in the season. Everyone was saying how amazing they are. That was with Dak, wasn't it? Yes. There is a lot of time in this football season, a lot of tough games coming up. So, guys, if your team is one of those, what do we say? I say about there's about five more teams that could possibly be hey, the top four. You got Oregon, Oklahoma, Baylor, and Minnesota would if, be, would if be the other If your four team teams. is one of those teams, you are not out of it. This initial ranking is just to get us excited, just to see where the chips fall. Any of these teams can fall out. Any team can come back in. It's a beautiful thing. I'm just excited to see. Uh, You know know what's funny? I'm actually more curious to see their first two out than their top four. Because that's really going to tell me what direction they're leaning in terms of conference superiority and strength of schedule, that's going to tell us more than the top four. It's kind of weird, too, because I think if I think you, you think about teams like if Maryland would have continued to play well, 
um, Minnesota would have done better. Georgia Southern would have uh, not been four and three. Their blow to to Georgia Southern would look better. There's a lot of spots here, but let's see what they do at Baylor. Right. Yeah. Man, is Baylor in the first two out? Is God. Minnesota, in the, which they probably won't be, but you got you got in Baylor, Minnesota, you've got two undefeated Power Five teams. Yes, and it's the first college football rankings. I mean, so how can you say that they that they don't belong in the conversation? Yep. So it'll be really interesting to see, and I know they will. Which one lost teams are they going to put ahead of those? guys? Yes, and are they going to put a one lost team ahead of Penn State? And how far? Down do they put Oklahoma? Right, and how far down do they put Oklahoma after that loss to Kansas State? So a lot of questions are going to be yes. answered here. It's not cut and dry. I, I I think that our top four teams, in whatever order, I think yes. that will be the top four. I think so as 100%. well. Hundred percent. I think there, there there's no way you can have another team outside of that four. Yes. Uh, where they rank them is the question. But again, who, and, and, who's going to follow them? My top four. I'm if I'm on the committee. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that I'm gonna be the most unbiased person ever. Not me, as Brad Thomas, co-host of What's the Spread podcast. Alabama's the number one team. They're number one until someone dethrones them or they slip up. But Clemson dethroned them, right? No, I'm talking about this season. Well, you're talking about from the, the past season, right? So isn't Clemson? No, I'm talking about like the initial rankings. Just boop, 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 boop. Okay. All right, that was fun. We'll see, but but I'm telling you right now, the committee's not putting the kid, on number the, one. Kimmy, the Kimmy, I can't, <laughs> can't freaking say I'm it. You all up? I know because they're 100 percent putting LSU, and LSU deserves it. Right. But in my opinion, getting the throne when you win a game by plus 40 is still weird. Yeah, I I think it's more fair to maybe say the SEC throne, right? Because LSU yeah. hasn't proven that they can be Bama. Just so everyone knows, too, I have a bet on LSU plus twelve hundred to win the SEC, and I kind of just did it because at the beginning of the season, I was like, you know what? Who knows? LSU could come with an amazing defense. Little did I know, LSU's coming with an amazing offense. All right, so it, it should be fun. Uh, if anyone is still listening right now, you're the real one. Yes, you're you the are reason a winner. we do the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. I knew we were going to run long today. Yes. Um, but there was a lot to talk about. So, guys, thank you so much for listening to What's the Spread podcast. Be sure to download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or however else you get your podcasts.